What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have the one and only Jeff Beecher. There's only one person in the world who can say he's an entrepreneur who does celebrity relationship development for Fortune 500 companies, created Beecher's Madhouse, owns dozens of businesses around the world, and is dubbed the greatest showman on earth by Rolling Stone. That man is Jeff Beecher. Jeff's road to success all began back in 2002 in New York City. His first of many claims to fame was bringing vaudeville back to the city, where he launched Beecher's Madhouse with a sold-out run of red carpet celebrity-packed shows at the Paramount Theater in Madison Square Garden. Following this, he moved out to the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, where he sold out shows for another run in Las Vegas from 2003 through 2008. This success led to Jeff opening the first headlining show at the legendary Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood and a sold-out 81-city tour across the country. Today, Beecher's Madhouse is the go-to event that everyone wants to be a part of wherever it lands in the world or at its flagship theater in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. That being said, before we get into the episode, make sure you share this episode with a friend, screenshot this podcast, post it on your Instagram story, tag Jeff Beecher, tag myself, and that being said, enjoy the episode. Okay, what is going on everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Jeff Beecher here with us, the creator of Beecher's Madhouse and much more. Thanks so much for being here, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Casey. So um, I appreciate your time today, man. I know that we connected, it was last year at the, the Tillman Fertitta dinner at Mastro's. And for those that don't know, I'd love for you to give some context into what Beecher's Madhouse was and when you created it. I mean, I created a long time ago, not to age myself, but 2002. Okay. Right after 9-11, we launched uh, the theater on Broadway and at Madison Square Garden. <clears throat> it, was, it was, you know, one of yep. the world's greatest attractions on the, in the history of, of the uh, planet, which was a lot of fun. Yep. It was, uh, you know, it was a circus meets a nightclub. It started off as a, a calm comedy show with a couple little people and some dancers and turned into a, a full-on you know, 500 person circus wow. in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's insane. What, what was the inspiration behind that, right? To, to really launch, not only like you said, something similar to a circus, but to, where did the idea come from for that? Well, I never went to college, so I wanted to throw the craziest party. I okay. love comedy. I started doing stand-up and then I booked the theater and right after I booked the first theater, I said, you know what? It's much fun, more fun, like putting the show together than the time it would take me to do stand up. And I got to, you know, network in the crowd and schmooze with everyone and throw this crazy party and sell it out and market it and create it and then yep. create performances and deal with all the talent. And it was just a lot of fun. So I focused on <clears throat> making the show. And then after a year and a half on Broadway, um, I'm doing two shows at the Paramount of the Garden. You know, I had an offer to go to Vegas. One of my best friends who passed away, Harry Morton, his family owned the Hard Rock, and wow. went to, I went to work for him and Peter. And we launched the show in Vegas in December 2003. We had like 25 celebrities there. No one's ever seen an opening like that. And then I had a good run at the Hard Rock, well, perfect run, sold out five years, and the recession hit. Wow. We went on tour. We did 81 cities. We did toured for two and a half years selling out 
all over the country. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then we ended up in LA at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Yep. Nice Five year run there. And this whole time I lived in hotels, which was crazy. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it's so I want to I want to bring people current as well because I know you do a lot more than just have crazy parties. You know, through your media company, Beecher Media Group, you develop partnerships between celebrities and tech companies in Silicon Valley. I'd love for you to give the people some insight into you know where you currently spend your time so that we can you know give them some some updates on just where you're at. Well, I currently spend my time at home. <laughs> for that. I was, uh, yeah, when, when I, I stopped doing the show in 2016, um, after the Roosevelt in Hollywood, I went right to the MGM in Vegas. I signed a huge $100 million deal there and I quit because yep. I just wasn't healthy. And I lost 240 pounds um, getting healthy. And wow. during that time, I was the entertainment relations consultant for Airbnb for three and a half years, for Lyft and for a lot of the, the tech unicorns. Yep. Um, I'm a partner in a, in a vegan fund that invests in health. And, you know, I consult for, at this point in my career, I really just consult for the founders that I, I enjoy and like working with. Um, obviously, you know, Airbnb is amazing and I love working with them. That was a good run there. And right now um, I work for a couple different founders and mostly countries at this point. So I promote and market countries and, you know, that's kind of on hold right now, obviously, because no one's traveling. That'll start up back up again in July. And that, that's a lot of fun. I love working for countries. And what does that mean, working for countries? I help them with, you know, just like you would, I'd promote a, uh, a company and make that mainstream and make it a household name. You know, I promote for the countries and the same stuff. Okay. Like tourism boards in a sense? No, I work for the countries. Like you work for the country and you help them with strategy and marketing and you know, getting global recognition and introduce them to, to key people, whether it be business people or celebrities or whoever. And, uh, that's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, what I, what I did during quarantine was, you know, I lost 40 pounds during quarantine. My goals for 65 by July one, I'll, I'll definitely hit it. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'll be really skinny. Like I'll be where I wanted to be for a long time. I just, yeah. I, in 2016, I lost 200, well, 2015 and 16, I lost 240 pounds those two years. Wow. What was your like peak weight? It was 440. Wow. Yeah. What was the, I, I'm curious, you know, cause I think everyone, you know, they, they have their own low points or they know they need to make a change. What was that like in your life, right? You have this amazing business, you're crushing it, you're selling out stadiums, but then you, you pause it and stop it because you want to, get healthy like what was that transition like in your life oh it was gnarly but i didn't have a choice i mean i was gonna be dead you know i always thought i'd die around 35 i just had this weird no feeling way. then i didn't die and i was like all right you're still alive like I, I couldn't sleep for three days it was crazy wow. and then i had sleeping pills nothing was working <clears throat> so i just got really healthy my best friends kind of gave me like a fat intervention okay and uh like larry rudolph and his wife jen and my buddy Harry Morton and everyone just like kind of really was like, like, like treated me like I was like a crackhead, but with food and I rightfully so and deservingly, you know, and, uh, I knew I had to make a change and it wasn't working and how fat I was and everything. So I couldn't sleep for three days. And we said, all right, this is a vegan place in Florida. Let's go there. It's called Hippocrates. I went there. I think I dropped, I don't remember. It was like 40 or 60 pounds in a month. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is like, this shit works, you know? Yeah vegan stuff 
And then I did vegan for, I did raw vegan for a while, with, uh, about a year. And then I've been doing it on and off. And every time I'm on, I'm on vegan. And I say on like it's a drug. We're like, yeah, you like, you know, I'm on vegan. It's just like means I'm healthy and my body's happy and my brain's happy and everything kind of works. And yeah. I get my, my best and biggest deals and deal flow. And every time I'm off it and I'm running around and drinking and partying and taking sleeping pills to being a psycho because I'm flying and everything. It's like my body's the angriest at me. Yeah. So right now, I just, you know, during quarantine, I was like, you know what? It's going to be crazy times next year. So I want to be my best and most perfect mental, physical, and spiritual self and shape. And I did, and I focused on it and yeah. I, I, you know, so I've, I've been signing deals currently product deals, like food deals. Okay. So, you know, like I have Craig's vegan ice cream. I got a, an ice cream. I got a chocolate. I got a vegan egg, you know, okay. Working on a lot of different things, working on a, a coconut deal. You know, there's so, there's so much different fun stuff and yep. I'm doing a lot of beauty and, uh, skincare stuff, CBD. Uh, I, I have nerve damage from car accidents. So I'm like, all right, I want to do everything that helps my body. So I have like pain, CBD, pain medicine, like yeah. everything that keeps me holistic and keeps me clean or as clean as possible. That's what I love. So I, I think I have a total of about 10 different product deals that we're working on right now. Wow. That's sick. What was just, you know, the biggest struggle through that process of, Hey, I need, I need to make a change in my life. Like what were some of the, you know, the battles and struggles you went through and more so the lessons learned through that process? Oh, there's a lot, buddy. I mean, we don't, in this, this short podcast, <laughs> but you know, there's like, um, one keeping your, your brain clean and your body clean is really important. You know, that's like, that's everything. Like if you're, if you're, if your body's happy, your brain's happy, if your brain's happy, your body, you know, it's like, you just got to keep them all in sync and them all talking to each other and keeping them clear that's really it there's no other secrets except for that that's my biggest secret is like if you're healthy then your business thriving yeah for me anyway what's been the key to building celebrity relationships in your life because you're one of the best at it well you know i mean celebrities is just like anything anyone else but they're the ceo of their own company you know you deal with xyz celebrities like uh lady gaga Katy perry you know they're the ceo Katy perry is the ceo of Katy perry inc you know Yep. So whoever the celebrity is, it's just, you know, it's just like knowing a lot of, you know, a lot of CEOs, a lot of presidents. Yep. My business was entertainment for a long time. So I got to meet everybody producing the show and creating the show and helping people with, with, you know, um, music videos to movies to, you know, I produced a bunch of stuff and it just not, not for money, just for fun. You know, I, I love doing entertainment stuff and yep. um, that's how I met everyone really. You know, when, when you produce a show for 20 years, it's one of the craziest, wildest, funnest shows on the planet and everyone loves it, you know, and, and you're good to people, they're good to you back. And, you know, when you, if you decide you could stay, you know, some people stay in their career and do that forever. You know, I saw a time to change and pivot and I did, and it was a great opportunity and I got to be involved in technology and being an entrepreneur. And now I get to be involved in, you know, food and healthcare business and, yep. And I get to pivot all that and end up with some good equal balance and get to relaunch my show too someday. So love that. What, what got you into the entertainment world originally? Like, was that a goal of yours growing up or how did it, you know, end up being a part of your life? I, I always wanted to do it and I just did it. You know, I was waiting for that, that magic pill. Someone introduced me to someone and I realized it was never going to happen. And I'm in New York and everyone there is like, you know, like, 
someone's dad invented the, the, the toaster strudel, you know, like <laughs> some stupid shit like that, you know, invented yeah. the straw or like everyone's an attorney or an accountant or a stockbroker, you know? Yep. So it was, there was no real entertainment. It's not like LA where everyone's in entertainment. So I never, I thought I'd never get into it. And then one day I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to start the show. And I had no guidance. I know nothing. I just did it. And <clears throat> after my second show, my first show was at a small theater, a couple hundred, a couple hundred uh, person theater. And the head of Madison Square Garden came and then he gave me the Paramount. And then, you know, then I got the theater in Broadway. It was a 1200 person theater and it just was off to the races. What was the biggest show? Like people wise. I mean, we've been, we've done 20,000 person shows, you know, yeah. with the cost, a lot of costume balls uh, when we toured for four or 5,000 people. Yeah. Um, it's not about, it's not about the biggest show because our, ours is more about giving people an experience. They walk yeah. away, you know, with the sickest night of their life. You know, I always just say like, if you came to a madhouse and you didn't get laid, you did something wrong. It's like <laughs> everyone, everyone was super sexually charged and super happy and super excited. And everyone has the greatest time whenever I throw an event. Yeah. You know, whether I did a madhouse or I threw someone's birthday or whatever it was, you know, I just, I'm really good at throwing live events and, you know, some say the best in the world. And, you yeah. know, I, I think my reputation speaks for itself. Totally. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of it. That's super cool. I, I, I'd love for you to give us some insight onto, you know, what these parties and madhouses looked like. I know that we touched on it at the beginning, but for, you know, a lot of young entrepreneurs that, didn't attend it or, you know, they just didn't experience it. Like I didn't. Can you give us some insight into what it looked like if you walked in the room at Beecher's Madhouse? Okay. For years, I, I purposely had no cameras and we never put it on the internet. There's very few videos out there. So yeah, exactly. You're a nice kid, Casey. I'll, I'll tell you what, what it is. <laughs> but everyone else is going to have to go there to experience it when we do a pop-up or two this year yep, after, okay. or next year when Corona's off. Yeah, so exactly. I, the shows are crazy. You know, they, we took vaudeville and we made it modern. So what was around a hundred years ago? And I didn't even know it was around a hundred years. I learned this after I did it. People were like, you know, you're a vaudevillian, you know, I'm like, what the hell is that? And I, and I looked up vaudeville and I was like, Oh shit. Someone did what I did for the last 15 years, you know, a hundred, 120 years ago. And that's when I got to LA and I learned about vaudeville. So it was like, you know, we had dancing Oompa Loompas, monkeys, goats, um, burlesque dancers, magicians, stilt walker, you know, yet everything you have at a circus in a small theater. Sorry about that, buddy. In a small theater. And uh, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. You know, we'd flying little people that would fly around the room and drop off bottles at your tables. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you have to experience it. Anything that was in pop culture. So if Kim Kardashian was pregnant with Kanye, like, and about to give birth, we, we'd make mini Kim, mini Kim, Kanye, whatever's like going on, we reenacted, yeah. we reenacted on stage with music. Got it. So, so you are planning on doing some pop-ups when the, the just because I mean, no one's better at throwing a party than I am. Not even to make money. Like I'll just do it free for people and just have fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like someone's got to throw a really good party. Everyone's really angry. Everyone's fighting. Even before this, everyone was fighting with each other. Like it's enough already. Like it's time to like have a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. So just to have fun, I'm just going to throw a bunch of madhouses. Yeah. I love it. What is the key to throwing a great event? You have to have a lot of excess. So you have to have a lot of excess. So, you know, if people like girls, you gotta have a lot of girls. If people like guys, you have to have a lot of guys. If people like whatever, you have to have a lot of whatever. 
you just got to have a really fun looking room and you got to get a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I mean, other people do other things, but I just prefer alcohol when I party. And, uh, yeah, you just got to like, you just got to get, you know, you got to pack it, whether it's a 200 person room or 2000 person room, you got to have, you know, 10 times that waiting to get in. And, uh, you know, you, you, it's just, you got to, you have energy and you have to have great music. Yep. Just w- whatever a normal person would have at a party times it by 10 or a hundred. And that's what I do. I got it. Interesting. I, I want to so change the subject. I know we touched on earlier, just how you worked with, you know, a company like Airbnb. What exactly did you do there? I'd love for you to tell the people, because I know that you were, you know, you helped during their early stages, just get the word out. So what, what was your role there and how did you bring value? So it's, it's really hard to talk about the details of what I did because there's a lot of NDAs on both sides of the company with talent. But, you know, we, I, I was the entertainment relations consultant and we did a lot of celebrity, uh, celebrity interactions, you know, with different celebrities in the company. And we brought global awareness to the brand and we brought it to Hollywood and, you know, it was, it was a really incredible experience. Yep. No, that's, that's very cool. When it comes to uh, your daily routine now, I know, especially during quarantine, I've been watching your Instagram stories. How, like, how do you live your life on a day-to-day basis? Some habits that you've, you know, instilled in your life over the years. Um, you know, I got, I, I'm still building my, right now I'm building up my, my good habits right now Yeah. To, to finish off my weight loss journey, which I've been on, it's been on hold for the last four years. You know, yeah, I lost yeah. all the weight and I just stayed lightly chubby, but now I'm like building this habit. So I get up early. I try to always, even the last couple of years, I've been, you know, to try to be asleep by midnight unless it's like, a big event or something I got to do, which is two, three times a month, but always try to be asleep at home by midnight. And then, yep. you know, minimum liquor as possible. <laughs> you know, liquor makes you crazy, man. It makes me crazy. You know, so I, I do that. And then, you know, then there's all these like health rituals I do from like drinking lemon water first thing in the morning or green algae or making my celery juice or, and I love celery juice. It's like crack cocaine for me. It's so good. And then, so I got that. I do, you know, I write in my grateful book. It sounds, you know, cheesy, but like I do it in the morning, you know, three things that make, you know, you're, you're grateful for. I do it at night. It's the stupid stuff like that, like gets my head really set and positive. And then it gets me, you know, where I am me all day, where I'm super amped up. Love that. What's your advice to young entrepreneurs that are just starting their journey? There's a lot of young people that listen to this show and you've, you've worked with a lot of bigger companies and you've, had massive events and toured all over the country. So what's, what's something you've learned that you'd want a young entrepreneur to learn today? When they have that, like, I don't give a fuck and fuck everyone attitude. Um, I would just keep that forever. Cause along the way, when you get really successful, um, a lot of people get in your ear and you start caring sometimes. Some people do. I did. And you start caring and you like, you change and you alter and you lose your like fearless animal behavior because you're like I got shit I can lose now and in my opinion that's the wrong attitude you gotta just always keep your crazy you know eye on the tiger I'm a fucking animal knock down walls crush attitude that's 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 what I clicked back into yeah you know when I when I when I was consulting it got very corporate and it was very you know you got to do this and this is the formula you got to be in and that's not me for me individually I mean just every my style isn't for everyone, but there's a lot of people that this will resonate with. And my, my, my biggest and best piece of advice is just 
stay yourself, be an animal, be a machine, and don't care what anyone thinks. Love that. I, I, I want to talk about just, you know, you've regarding just deal flow, right? I know that we talked about the MGM deal, the $100 million deal for a 20 year period. Just how, what, what would you want to tell young people that are looking to do these type of big deals in their life? And what have you learned through dealing with, you know, massive companies at that level when it comes to just getting the fine print and securing the deal? I mean, people thought I was crazy, but I would do a lot of these deals myself and then have my attorneys come in at the end and just like help button it up and make it legalized. But like, you know, people like dealing with people one-on-one. So like, I don't know. I, some people think it's a flaw of mine, but yeah, I do all my deals myself for the most part. And then my attorneys come in towards the end and advise me because they're super smart and, and dope like that. But, you know, I just, uh, I don't know, I'm wired differently, man. I just, I, I like having, you know, when I was, when I was doing Beecher's Madhouse, it was the only thing I could do, but that had a hundred checks under the checklist of Beecher's Madhouse, marketing, production, creative, everything. And I can only do that. I had a lot of peers that, were like, that had 10 companies or 20 companies or 10 projects going on or 10 movies or whatever. And I was like, how the hell are they doing so much? <laughs> After I had my mental breakdown and I got healthy, I kind of figured out how to do so much at once. So like now I can do 20, 30 projects. I can't do 200, but yeah. I, can do, I can do 20, 30 at once. So I just, you know, I focus on 20, 30 things and I list them out. And if something gets annoying or it's not making me money or I'm not enjoying the process, I just like, give it up or I give it back or I say, yo, this isn't working. And yep. I, I stick with stuff that makes me happy and keeps me positive. Love that. How long have you lived in LA now? I moved to LA. To, uh, well, I was in LA probably 10 years. I did 10 okay. years in Vegas, 10 years in LA. I say it like it was like a prison term. Like, I did <laughs> But no, it was great. I like, I love LA. I always call LA my home. I always call Vegas my home, but I'm going to do a lot more global traveling starting probably uh, second quarter of next year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, with everything happening now, what's your thoughts and opinions on when, you know, things will start getting back to normal and how has this, um, you know, moment in time affected your life? Well, it affected me really positively because I just been, I've never been more focused and healthier and more clear in my head what's going on with the world and everything. Uh, the world though, I mean, the world's gonna be fucked for a minute. You know, you got, you know, six months, a year and a half of shit really fucked up and you just got to pivot. You know, people don't understand like a lot of the shit everyone's used to is gone and they're just starting to wake up and realize it. Like it's gone. It's like yeah. restaurants yeah. are closed. Things are closing left and right. They're going to continue to close. It's going to get worse. That part's going to keep getting worse. You know, that's not going to get better right now. Um, so you just got to pivot. You know, there's something to pivot into for everyone. So like, you know, I, I went from taking, you know, big retainers and big checks and globe trotting to like, you know, you know, all right, let me own this kind of, put this project together, own this kind of business. And, you know, they'll pay off a little bit longer term, but you make the same kind of money Yep. and it's fun and it keeps, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me healthy because now I'm promoting all health products. So it's like, you know, it's just a different thing. Very cool. Where is there an opportunity in the entertainment world you know, in 2020, because all these events are canceled and everything's getting postponed. Just what do you see as someone that's, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you, that world, no one has that answer. And anyone that says they do is full of shit. I mean, I'm doing right now, you know, I'm producing a, a podcast network. We're producing a podcast with Larry King. Yep. Um, that's going to be all epic. It's like the, it's called the millionth question. 
yep. and it has 11 of the most famous people in the world. And one of the people he's interviewing is going to be his millionth question he's ever asked. I mean, he's interviewed oh. over 30,000 people in his life. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing stuff that's virtual, you know, and, uh, in entertainment right now. So I, I love the podcast space. I'm launching a bunch of podcasts with a lot of top talent on the planet. And, uh, that, that I think is going to be even more booming than it's been the past couple of years. Yep. Um, but everything else, like, th- like every weekend I, I produce, uh, Jeff Ross's Instagram roast. Uh, so we call it Insta roast. Yeah. And the sponsors are coming out of the woodworks. Like, I mean, it's, it's big numbers and you know, we're making a lot of money every weekend. And, uh, that's a lot of fun. So, you know, we started that second this the quarantine hit. I literally, I was on a social distance hike with Jeff, 10 feet of Koi, of course, in the beginning. And uh, I just said, Jeff, this is what, you know, let's do this, man. Like, you know, you won't make any money, but no one understands. No one's going to know how to make money because he's a comedian that, that ranks on people. It's so unique to Instagram roast. Like someone comes on and he ranks on. He had The Rock on. We had Snoop Dogg on last week. You know, it's been like really epic people. That's so that's great. <laughs> yeah. When, so, when, you know, that, that's been amazing. So, I mean, I'm sure that'll get picked up and turn into a TV show or, you know, a Netflix show or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, you got to just try stuff and see what works. You know, yeah. the answer is how they, how are you going to produce a movie if someone gets Corona and then the government says you got to shut down? Like you just, yeah. who's going to ensure that? Who's going to ensure a TV production? Yep. No. What's your thoughts on, you know, there's a lot of young people you say like, Hey, TV show and getting picked up by a show. Everyone growing up wants to be a movie star and wants to be in entertainment. Just as if someone's listening right now, what, what is something you'd recommend for them to start, you know, building a career in entertainment? Well, entertainment's a very general word. It's like marketing. There's a hundred different things you can be doing. You know, what are you, a musician or you're an actor? If you're an actor, what kind of actor? What are you into? Are you into comedy and drama? Like, you know, I don't know. I would say like the, the television world, you say like you're talking about shows and things getting picked up by networks. Just what's the winning strategy there? And what advice would you give to someone that wants to be in that world? Well, I mean, I don't really know because I never did that. You know, I never did that myself. And I always get asked those questions like that. And they you know, actors or actresses will say, you know, hook me up with this, that, you know, these directors. And that's not how it works. It's not like, oh, I'm best friends with a big director so I can get you a movie role. It doesn't work like that. Um, You got to be good at what you do. You got to know your shit. You know, I got, I got into Hollywood because I had a team. Features Madhouse was a family and a team and you're stronger as a unit. You know, it was a, it was something that worked. It was a group. I had a cat, a huge cast and, I, I had a commodity, you know, people, uh, people love the show and they love being entertained. They loved having fun and laughing. So, yep. That was mine. What's been, you know, one of the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself through your journey. Uh, which lesson buddy, which problem, which issue. Which is business wise. Um, business wise was, you know, I never looked at my accounting ever. That was a big problem. I just did it because I was so creative. I literally put a billion percent into yeah. just creativity and marketing. And I never wanted to look at numbers or care about money. I lived in hotels for 20 years. I didn't own a house. You know, it's just stupid shit. I gambled my money away. Yeah. You know? So just being more structured and balanced with your finances and, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are super smart. Like right now, one of my best friends is my business manager. He's a fucking genius. And, you know, he's really like, he took my finances the last five, six years and, and it went from like crazy madhouse to like 
just organized, structured, you know, like just yeah. clean. And so, you know, I wish I did that differently Yeah. Um, in the beginning of my career, but I'm happy where everything is. It's all Love good. That. It all works. Yep. I have a couple more questions. Just what, what would your advice be for an 18, 19 year old that's just graduating high school or going to college? What was, what would be your advice? I'd say go fucking party and like great for a couple of years. Cause once you get started working, it doesn't stop, especially when you're successful, it never stops. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. I'm always having fun, but I would get to party in young and then get to work. And that doesn't mean you can't, you know, work while you're partying. When I was 18, I was working and partying. Love that. <laughs> Last question to, to wrap it up. Just what is your definition of success? Um, I'm just still trying to figure that one out, Casey. I'll let you know. <laughs> Love it. Well, well, Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today, man. Is there anything else you want to leave the people with where, where they can follow you and what projects you have you're working on right now? We're working on too many projects to mention right now. I don't like to brag. There's just dozens of them. So yeah, just follow me at, uh, at Jeff Beecher. Right now it's just a boring, self-centered, egocentric Instagram page, but it'll turn into you know, a very organized pitch page of all this fun, cool stuff I have going on. Love it. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on today, man. It means the world. Thanks so much for having me, buddy.